brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. This is Solid Snake, and you're listening to This Week in Geek with Mike the Birdman Dodd and the rest of the Twig crew on thisweekingeek.net. Everyone has been destroyed because of this freak. I won't allow it! Twig, the flagship of stupidity. I am your host for today. I am Mike the Birdman, but I'm not alone as I trek through the week that was, is, and forever shall be in the minds of you, the people, the Twigites. I'm joined with... Alex, you like to bullshit that a lot, don't you? See, I, I always love to flex my creative muscles to see if I can keep the intro at least as fresh in my mind as it's going to be, but as fresh as milk in the back of your fridge, but what are you going to do about it? Mental masturbation? Basically, yeah. It's got to keep those mind, those neurons firing, so to speak, so I don't slip into Alzheimer's and forget where I am, poop, poop my panties and all sorts of other <laughs> horribleness that I'm not looking forward to as I get older. Work that prostate water. Oh, boy. 
<laughs> you can find out those and many other phrases. Um, actually, so coming up on the show this week, we're going to talk about Free Comic Book Day, which happened last weekend. So I hope you had a chance to visit your local brick-and-mortar store and uh, had a chance to check out some of the free comics that were offered. However, if you did not, apps such as Comicology will be offering some of the free Comic Book Day titles. Um, will be available for free that I'm aware of through their app uh one particular title will be available on the 16th via booms app and that's power ranger shattered grid i'll be talking about that at length today with alex as we took a look at some of the free comic book day offerings that'll be covered during our news segment uh this week uh coming up for reviews this week we have a brand new review and one i've been agonizing over is god of war 4 or just god of war 2018 the reboot we're also be taking a look at the switch version of donkey kong tropical freeze which is essentially a wii u port with funky kong uh alex will be talking a little bit about that towards the end of the show of course we have satan's pantry this week i'm not quite sure what we've been doing with that which on the topic of satan's pantry you may have noticed maybe in the last week or two perhaps a little bit longer depending on how long i got lazy for you may notice some of the elements weren't exactly produced to the el to the level that i like what you're saying is you done goofed yeah i done goofed i done fucked up son done fucked up bad but alex sat me down yesterday mike edit basically chained me to a table made me edit for like an hour and a half and now everything is done until the end of july yeah, we are we are nice. good we are good for several weeks. That's for sure. Yeah, it's it it, it it's kind of cool when you do in the realm of podcasting and radio in general, where you can get weeks and weeks ahead. Where you're where literally you just have to come out and record your talk bits, which is what we're doing right now as the opening to the show. But sometimes we have pre-produced elements, be them reviews, Satan's Pantry, there might be interviews or whatever. Which we may have some of those coming up rather soon, since we're out of genre con stuff. Which we covered that for a long time. Well, Tristan got a lot of stuff. Yeah, and that was a surprisingly big event for uh, us. So, big thank you to everybody who participated in the GenreCon coverage that we had over the last uh, basically two months. Because, like I said, we got a lot out of that. Um, hopefully, we'll be covering uh, events such as Com Bravo, which will be happening towards the end of July in Hamilton, as typically we are guests there of Terrible Warriors. Alex has applied for media badges as twig so hopefully we'll get in they haven't announced any guests or any kind of information as the con is under new management this year so we'll have to wait and see what happens so and this is also around the time when a lot of festivals and events start happening anime in north the being the big one well even uh more local ones to uh where i live there's a blues fest there's other things and they're they're random like you'll have celebrities show up yeah, it's basically con season from now yeah. until about the beginning of September. And there is a big car show that they do. Ottawa uh, Comic Con's happening this weekend. Well, well, where I live, there's a car show that happens, and it's basically a parade of uh, of classic cars. And pretty much every year, people show up with like the DeLorean or the Batmobile or the Ghostbusters car. Yeah, and those those are things where I'm, I'm going to try to go. I'll get some pictures. Might talk about it. Might, depending on what it is, I might be able to get an interview on, with somebody about what it takes to build a car like that. Yeah, because I know uh, I'm a member of several different Ghostbusters groups, and building an Ecto One that is a dedication of love, and, and you got to wait for the right parts. And to I mean, come at up. least that's a, a fairly common vehicle. But trying to build a Batmobile, like an '80s Batmobile, yeah, especially the like '89 one or even the yeah. 1966 or one, or getting a DeLorean that actually works. <laughs> well, I think they make DeLoreans now. I'm pretty uh, sure they do because a friend of mine on Facebook just bought one. Maybe I know that the, the problem with them were that they were just 
shit cars. So getting one that still works 30 years later is kind of difficult. Yeah, I, I'm not 100% sure of that. If you know if, if they make new DeLoreans now, feedback at thisweekingeek.net would love to know directly. But I, I'll, I'll see if, if they're going to show up again this year at the, at the car show. I'll see what I can do. Because there's, there's all these little things happening. This is the time of season where all the cool shit starts to really happen. People... Exactly. You're going to start getting, like I said, we had free comic book day. Right now, if you're Canadian, uh, Ottawa Comic Con's going on. Calgary Comic Con comes up at some uh, point later on. Isn't the on Niagara one coming up soon, too? Yeah, Niagara happens in June. They've got quite the lineup this year. I mostly want to go for Michael Bean. Um, I want to go for the wrestlers. Yeah, there was a lot. Although, Rey Mysterio canceled, though. They got Big Show, Ric Flair, I think. Uh, did, they got a few others. A Sting, probably. I think. I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I know Ric Flair's the big one that they got this year. But yeah, like there's a lot of exciting things to look forward to, especially if you like going to these conventions and everything. And part of the reason to go to these things is to meet some of the vendors, some of the artists, support artists, do not steal art. Uh, I remember years and years ago, there were people who would just sell prints of stuff they found on DeviantArt and artists were getting pissy about it and understandably so. Or you have artists that maybe did art on one comic but they're taking art from another artist on that comic that was more famous and selling their art yeah like don't be a douche support people and support the little guys too because one of my favorite things to go to conventions now and i'm gonna do this hopefully at com bravo this year is give blair 15 or 20 bucks and i want her to find buttons on my D&D, I actually got this from Offworld Designs a couple of years ago. I got a bag of holding, and it's my D&D. It, it, it's my roleplay bag. And I have tons of buttons. I got things from Dungeon Crate. I got some stuff from when I was in the hospital. My friend Kelly um, gave me these really cool Iron Giant pins that I think were exclusive to Loot Crate. And I have, um, from Reddit, I have a Hand of the King pin which is on there too. I have uh, an exclusive pin from Marvel vs. Capcom 3 from the New York City Comic Con. I, I, I love pins. So anything to make my bag more colorful. It's kind of like how punks always had those uh, denim vests that were just littered in pins. Oh, I wait, want wait. that to be my D&D bag. What was that? Uh, we, wanna, we don't want to conform. We want to be different. But hey, guess what? We're all going to dress the exact same and wear the same patches. I have to have a Misfits patch. I got to got an Iron Maiden patch. I got But we got to be different. Yeah, it has I'll, to be that I, always sorry, that like, Captain I just love, I love that. Just, it's like the complete bullshit of we don't want to conform, so we're all going to be the exact same our way. <laughs> Logic, folks, yeah. in a circle. So anyway, like I said, on this show, you're going to have a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, like I said, specifically our free comp day coverage, but also coming up in the news this week, we're going to be talking about a piece of the Marvel Cinematic Universe has gone missing, and I'm not talking about the Infinity Stones for a chance. We're also going to talk about the wrong way to connect with your soulmate over 65,000 text messages, and we're going to talk about something really cool involving the Dungeons and Dragons world and augmented reality. And what do you got for us this week? Uh, new G.I. Joe movie news. So there is something coming out, uh, as well as... A, a, there's a new law in Kansas, and you're going to have to listen to find out about it. All right, folks. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But right now, we're going to throw things over to me, and we're going to take a look at God of War for the PlayStation 4. We are taking a look at the new God of War from Sony Computer Entertainment and Santa Monica Studios for the PlayStation. This is one of those games that decided to reboot a long-running series, which has been running 
since the PlayStation 2 era, PlayStation 3, and even had a couple of titles on the PSP. And well, the story here, such as it is, is it finds Kratos happening sometime after God of War 3, where basically the Greek pantheon of gods lies dead, and uh, Kratos is hiding out in Midgard in the realm of Norse mythology, and he has a new family. He has a new son named Atreus, and his wife who has passed away at the beginning of the game, you and your son are set about a quest to spread her ashes across the highest peak that they can find, and well, that's her dying wish. And that's basically the entire point of the game is getting to fulfill this last dying request. And what you get is a really cool story of father and son bonding as a son who's not necessarily equipped for the brutality of the world that surrounds him, and Kratos, who all too familiar knows the taste of blood, violence, and war that has basically determined the entire path of his life since Ares, the original god of war, cursed him to become the ghost of Sparta, if I remember my mythology right. Um, however, though, this game does take a fairly radical departure from the previous god of war games, which are very much traditional hack and slash, there's tons of enemies on screen, you have your blades of chaos, you're whipping them around. Here, this takes a more uh, over-the-shoulder, third-person, think very much Dark Souls would be another game I would compare the combat in this game. And that's where this review is going to begin to piss you off. What do I mean by that? Everybody and their mother loves the combat in this new God of War game. And I do find it enjoyable, but I didn't love it. And that's the thing about this further review of God of War 4. The game is a technological marvel. Easily the best looking game on the PlayStation 4 and the PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, it's an immersive experience, a story that's worth being told. It's a game that has multiple levels, uh, very much an open air trope. When it comes to RPG, almost because you can upgrade your weapons, you can upgrade Atreus, you can get like spectral animals, you can get like runic attacks, all sorts of cool shit. But I didn't like it. And that's not to say you shouldn't like it. A friend of mine was actually talking about this with me on Facebook saying, as a journalist, I should very easily be able to separate my personal feelings from giving you an objective review. And that's what I'm doing here. I did not like the new God of War, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't check this game out. This game has a number of powerful reasons for you to check it out. The fact that combat is refreshed for the God of War series, rather than just taking on mindless hordes of enemies and you can see exactly where you're being hit from, um, does freshen things up. It makes combat more visceral, more in your face more palms sweating as you're basically dodging in the way from Draugr throwing fireballs at you or giant ass cave trolls trying to smash you in the putty or being able to summon animals and having cool kick-ass armor to fight these giant bosses with. This sounds cool, but it wasn't for me. And that's really unfortunate too because this is a game, like I said, everybody and their mother has been giving such a verbal accolade to and I feel bad that I'm not a part of that crowd but my friend Alex the one of the producers on this show is says sometimes games don't jive with everybody and that may simply be the experience I've had here and when you come to twig or this week in geek rather you come for our personal opinions and that's where I'm kind of drawing the line with God of War I think it's a great game 
I really do. I really think it's cool. I think it's worth checking out. I think it's worth owning. In fact, dare I say, I think this is a system seller. If you want something new and exciting, because I've seen people that are not traditionally gamers dig right into this and get super excited about it, but I seem to be the lone voice out of this. And I feel bad that I'm not invited to this party at this particular time, but you know what? Maybe I'll come back and revisit God of War someday, and maybe I'll be in the right state of mind. Because the fact that it is a story between a father and a son does speak to me, because I am a guy who's never known who his father is, um, and just kind of watching that relationship evolve has been something kind of cool, and it's something that I wish I could experience. And watching Christopher Judge, the guy that played Teal'c on Stargate, grow with his son, I think is something kind of special. So this has been God of War on the PlayStation 4. You should definitely check this game out. It is a system seller, and something you should absolutely have in your PlayStation 4 library. News on the mark! And that was my review of God of War on the PlayStation 4. Most definitely worth checking out, though not for me. I do hope to revisit the game at some point when I get a break in my game calendar. So, of course, it is time for the news. And in this week's news, we're actually going to take a special point of our news discussion to talk about Free Comic Book Day, which happened last weekend. Hopefully you had a chance to visit your local brick-and-mortar store to pick up some of the free comic books. But like I said during the intro... Some of these will be available on some of your favorite digital apps, such as Boom and Comixology. But that's not what we're here to talk about right now. We are here to talk about the news that is, was, and we're going to start with me as a big piece of the MCU is gone. Just vanished. Thin air. So you might be asking, what the hell is he talking about? So according to the Associated Press, the original suit that was worn by Robert Downey Jr. in the uh, 2008 movie Iron Man, the first MCU movie, has, you know, disappeared from a warehouse. No one knows where the no, hell it is. Now, my new original suit, is this? The original the, red and gold. Okay, the not the one, one he made in the, in the prison. No, yeah, this is the original Mark I. Now, the suit is worth an estimated $325,000. So the last time the suit was seen was in February and has been missing since April. Uh, the owners of, of the facility did call the cops when they realized the suit was missing. Now, there is a surprisingly large underground um, buyer's market, black market. Well, where, where, would you, where would you place this? <clears throat> Honestly, it's probably in some rich asshole's house. Honestly, because uh, years upon years ago, uh, the original ruby slippers from the Wizard of Oz were stolen. And they're in somebody's private collection right now. Now, to own something like the original Iron Man suit, that is something you could never, ever tell anybody about. Or you'd have to be so That's rich what I'm to saying. be untouchable. Like, like the ruby slippers, you could have hidden away, pull it out when you got guests over and go, look what I got. Yeah, check it out. But to have Iron Man chilling in your pad? And at the same time, I'm thinking... My brain is, is thinking wrestler mode. Is this a work? Like... Is this a publicity stunt from the studio? I don't know. It, it, it's kind of weird the fact that they picked the original 2008 suit. It would have been more interesting had the Infinity Gauntlet gone missing. Like, especially if in the, the next movie if there's going to be some sort of time travel aspect. Is there some sort of meta thing worked into here where Thor went back in time and stole the suit? It's so weird. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. That suit is not exactly easy to transport. 
So think about this. For Castillo, like, you brought up a very good point. Where are you going to put this thing? How are you going to How did you get it out of there? Are you telling me the facility had no cameras? And had, no security guards. Had no records of when they pressed buttons. To, that's something that would be under a keypad entry or, or a bio lock sig, uh, signature. There'd be something that prevents you from just grabbing it if it's that expensive. See, if that's the case, then I want to walk into the Marvel warehouse and just, you know, steal Cap's shield. I don't know. Or Hawkeye's fucking bow or something. Stan, Stan Lee's, I don't know, shoe polish. Or something. Yeah, it's weird. But like I said, there's a weird black market for this. It wouldn't surprise me if this ends up on, like, the dark web somewhere. Someone said, hey, you want Iron Man suit? Half a million dollars. On the Silk Road? Oh, God. Wouldn't that be weird? It's like, here, you can buy drugs. You can buy children. You can buy uh, stolen Marvel properties. Wouldn't it be strange if some big Mexican drug lord owns it? Some cartel boss? Simply known as Tron. (laughs) Dude's all all encrusted in, 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 like... Random jewelry. He's got the Infinity Gauntlet on one hand, the Power Glove on the other. He comes out. He's like, I control Mexico, and it's very and Iron Man. Yeah, it's specifically the the. It has to be the Power Glove from the Wizard movie. (laughs) It's so bad. So that is one of the stories that I got this week. Uh, Obviously, if you know where this suit is, call the authorities. Definitely. Jeez. Can you? I bet you Robert Downey Jr. would personally reward you. I don't. I don't know. Well, he seems like the type of guy who'd be like, you know what? Here's something cool. Maybe I'm surprised they didn't give him the suit. It's weird. Sometimes studios don't do that because I know Ben Affleck had asked for his bat suit from Batman v Superman, and they said no. And yet they gave Michael Keaton his, I believe. Yeah. Now I wonder if part of that has to do with the producers in the film too. Like in the '90s, producers were a little more lax, and I can't see Tim Burton saying no. Because uh, some props from like old films have gone up at auction from the studios when they wanted a little extra cash. I know uh, Del, uh, Guillermo del Toro owns the original Kraken from the Clash of the Titans. Like he has the model. Oh, he owns the miniature. Yeah, and it was on display at <clears throat> that thing he had in Toronto. Oh, that's so cool! I didn't know that. Yeah, so like he he's one of those guys that's gone back and bought a lot of these weird props. I know a lot of Star Wars props always end up at auction. Like, I know Luke's lightsaber's been auctioned a number of times. Han Solo's blaster, a lot of um, studio-scale stuff goes up. In fact, I think recently there was an auction where you could buy original pieces of the fucking Death Star. Really? <clears throat> which I'm surprised they exist. They still exist, because they blew the shit out of that stuff. It's like, well, how do you know it's from that Death Star? It's not just a piece of crap they found in a scrapyard and said, here it is. Well, that's another thing, too, because that could be a piece from Return of the, Return of the Jedi's Death Star. Yeah, as opposed to the 1977 version. So who's to say? Um, but yeah, that's some of the weirdness coming out of Hollywood this week. Uh, for <clears throat> my story this week, I've got uh, G.I. Joe is finally getting another movie. I liked the second movie. Retaliation was a lot of fun, especially the guy, the, the guy Zartan, Jonathan Price, when he was the oh, president. Yeah. That oh, yeah. was so funny. And the Bring the Rocket was great. I wasn't a huge fan of, of the original G.I. Joe. Oh, how it was uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. But outside of that, I thought the movie was miles above the first one. Yeah, the first one, they tried to set up the world of G.I. Joe, but having Marlon Wayans and Channing Tatum and, in uh, their accelerator jo- suits, that's Joseph, not G.I. Joe. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as... Cobra Commander or yeah. Dr. Mindbender. Like, no, fuck off. Like, yeah, it was, it was just... Uh, I like the chick that played wait, the Baroness, but I can't remember her name. Yeah, and uh, they had... 
Dennis Quaid as uh, as Hawk. Yeah, it was a General Hawk. Yeah, General Hawk. That was good. I like the guy they cast. Uh, the guy that played the mummy, Arnold Vosloo or whatever. Yeah, as Destro. Z- no, as Zartan. It oh, he was, was Zartan. Who was Destro? Christopher Eccleston, the Ninth Doctor. Also good. Good casting there, and the fact yeah. that they hinted at his metal face for later on. Yeah. So again, the second film was a lot better because The Rock makes everything better. Yeah, and I love the idea of I think the weapon system where they drop those carbon rods from space. Oh yeah. And just where he's like, I'm going to kill everybody, disarm you nukes. It had a different kinetic feel where he, when he was driving the little tank things at the end when they're basically under siege, yeah. it had that over-the-shoulder gritty feel to it that, that the first one had that sort of glossy... It felt like the Ninja Turtles movies. The For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New ones where it's just a little too glossy and, and overproduced. And the second film had a more rugged uh, commando type feel. What I liked about the second one too, and this is the inner toy collector in me. Yeah. Hiss tanks. I got hiss tanks and I was so happy. That's my favorite G.I. Joe vehicle of like all time. Outside of the Night Raven. And moving on to this new film, it's not going to be G.I. Joe 3. It's going to be a solo film uh, focused entirely on Snake Eyes. Now, if they're smart, they'll keep Ray Park who played Snake Eyes in the original two films. Ray Park, who you may remember, played Darth Maul in Star Wars The Phantom Menace, and is pretty much the go-to martial arts guy in Hollywood. He was also in Heroes, too, as well. It, it's... I, it's been announced for 2020, and there's not much on it other than Hasbro announced it, that it's a partnership with Paramount. Well, they're also going to do a, a G.I. Joe mask movie. They're doing basically a Hasbro shared universe because they're rebooting Transformers and Bumblebee's getting a movie too in the next year or two with John Cena which some of the first production stills have come out from that yeah I'm hoping it would be cool to see because you saw a little bit of it in Retaliation where you see uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow yeah like in this one it says Ray Park hasn't been asked to play in it yet so they're not even sure like, this is basically, the, the film's been greenlit, but they haven't cast it yet. Yeah, like, as long as you get a badass martial artist, that's like, all that matters. It's clear this is because of Deadpool. Oh, God, yeah. They want some of that ninja money. Yeah, exactly. Which, it wouldn't surprise me if Deathstroke gets a movie, because at the end of uh, Batman v Superman, you see Lex Luthor on his boat. Oh, no, I'm thinking Justice League, sorry. Yeah, Justice League. You see League. Uh, Deathstroke and Lex Luthor team up. And like, we'll form our own legion of doom. Oh, it was so hokey. 
But just the fact that I saw Deathstroke on the big screen, I'm like, oh yeah. The the big problem I have with it is the casting of him in general. I did not like, uh, what's his name? I, uh, the guy from... Oh, Joe Manganiello? No, Manganiello's great. It's the other guy. I wanted to say Spurglord. <laughs> Don't use that word. That'll make to, people angry. I guess we're going to have to beep that at the 10 minute mark. Yeah, you're on your own there, buddy. I'm leaving it in. All he can be directed at Basically, him. what's his name? Uh, he, he played uh, uh, Zuckerberg. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of him. I think he's kind of a terrible actor. I like him in those Now You See Me movies. I, oh, God, I can't watch those. Those are fun. I'm but sorry. He, oh, he's just... He's not a good actor. He has one tone in his voice. And he was just a very poor choice to play uh, in any of these films, actually. And, and I don't think he's... I mean, in retrospect... I don't think he's a terrible Lex Luthor in some ways. I think Gene Hackman will always be Lex Luthor in some ways. And, but, and Rosenbaum and, to another and, extent. Yeah, Michael Rosenbaum, yeah. Um, who was it who played Lex Luthor in the animated universe? Was that Tom Clancy? No, not Tom Clancy. Clancy Brown, sorry. Tom Clancy's dead, sorry. <laughs> yes, um, I think it was Clancy Brown. I always thought he had that very deep tone to his voice. The Kurgan. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a new G.I. Joe movie, it's good, especially if they make it into a martial arts movie and focus less on the technology and the guns. Hell, you could put Quick Kick in this, you could put Jinx in this, versus, oh my god, there's so many possibilities for this. Where's Sergeant Slaughter? You know what, if they have a cameo. him for a cameo... Have him running Slaughter's have, Marauders. Have him running the like they they the cut boot camp. they cut to the boot camp and he's still working. See that'd be cool. That would be friggin' great. My God, I'd love that. Even for literally a ten second thing. Yeah, it's like all right, recruits, it's time to get on the line and just fall in. It'd be so awesome, and just have him come out in like his old regalia. That'd and be then, so and cool. Then, and it cuts to like their martial arts training and it's Iron Sheik breaking people's backs and making them humble. I would love the cast. <laughs> what the hell is that guy's name? He was just in Rogue One. Donnie Yen. Yeah, Donnie Yen. Quick, cast him or someone younger as Quick Kick as like their resident martial artist. Maybe get Ming-Na to do Jinx. I, and I'm the only reason I'm saying these people because they're the, the Asian martial arts actors that I know. Well, it depends on how old you want to play the characters. Because you could have uh, Michelle Yeoh, Supercop, as as uh, Jinx if you wanted to. Well, Jinx is supposed to be younger. I say Ming-Na because Ming she still plays Agent May on S.H.I.E.L.D. Ming-Na's like 55. But she looks good for her age. Yeah. And she could still kick ass. Actually, we were just watching... Mulan. That's another reason why I mentioned Ming Na. I forgot she did voices too. So I, I, it's surprising to me that they're not going with a third film directly and then leading into this because it's been a few years since the last GI Joe. I want to say 2015. Is it? Or I thought it was like 11. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Like it, it's got to be. I'm, I'm going to look it up right now just because it's really going to bug me. Yeah, like. Maybe 2014, because I remember I had a lot of the toys for it. Yeah, it's got to be... Okay, I think the first one might have been 2011 then. Uh, 2013. Oh, wow. That's, I mean, it's been five years. 
you'd think they would do something to reintroduce the characters, unless this is going to lead into mask and yeah, bumblebee like, and whatever. Because there's, there's got to be some sort of tie-in. What are they going to do next? Like put them in the Smurfs? No, although I I, well, I want to say they were talking about Rom the Space Knot, Rom the Space Knight, or Micronauts at one point. I think it was Micronauts they were talking about. <clears throat> That'd be weird to say the very least. Uh, coming up on our next story, this is particularly interesting if you're a fan of Terrible Warriors slash the Cambridge Chronicles. So there's this big event coming up called the Stream of Many Eyes, where they're gonna get like a bunch of famous YouTubers and Twitch streamers to play D and D. Very cool. But last week, D&D launched a new alternate reality game where it involves players finding a stone of great power sent to Earth by the Mage Elementor. Because in D&D, Earth exists. Earth is a plane of reality. And one of the old D&D modules used to involve... I think it was... Ele no, it wasn't Elementor. It was another guy. I can't remember. I think it was in Greyhawk. He filled a castle with monsters and filmed movies. And he'd send the movies back to Earth, and the movies would be like, oh, wow, your special effects are so good. He's like, yeah, special effects are all right. And you could fight <laughs> Captain Kirk. You could fight... It was ridiculous. And it was an official D&D module. And it was just so weird and out there. Oh, God. Um, I was thinking, like, a, a stone of, of great power. Would that be Evan Stone? Because he's got great power in his penis? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes. So, evidently, this was sent to Earth by Elementor and is guarded by a person who has had their memories of their past life blocked. So far, the game has involved everything from Yelp reviews, you have to go to game stores around the United States and Canada. And now the game is starting to spread out to more D&D uh, D &D personalities. So, it wouldn't surprise me if Pro Jared gets involved or people from Force Grave or from... Gray Force, I think it is. Will Wheaton will probably get involved at some point, and even a few gaming journalists. Now, I'm reading this story from comicbook.com. So, last week, players were sent a USB key shaped like a key from game stores that contained an image of Rune. Each set of runes could be translated into a different D&D creature ranging from the Tarrasque, which is basically D&D's Godzilla and fuck you, to things like a giant cent centipede. So the purpose of the runes were twofold. Players could use the runes to form an alphabet that could be used for future clues, and the runes were part of another puzzle sent out by a Twitter account, which is at Immortal Fortress, which is sort of like the big hub for this game. So if you want to follow what people are doing, you can check it out. So in order to crack the puzzle, players needed to shift each letter of the phrase, a monster fiercely unduplicated by the number in the sequence in the tweet to form a cipher. So a monster fiercely duplicated became this ridiculously long string of characters. The cipher was seven letters short of the number sequence in the tweet. So players then added the word owl bear, which is a DND, this is the only DD monster named in the runes from the keystone that did not have a pair of duplicate letters. At the end of the code, those then shifted to form another cipher, which is a ridiculously Long thing of words. What the fuck is this? It gets weirder. The, the, to crack the cipher, the players then had to use another message decoded from Yelp reviews discovered earlier in the week, which indicated the players needed to use one of the monsters as a keyword in a keyword cipher. By using gargoyle as a keyword, the cipher became convert new glyphs to page, word, and letter. So, the only book that's coming out right now for D&D is Mordenkainen's Tomb of Foes. And I wonder if that'll tie in there. 
Um, there's also an Instagram account, which um, goes to certain spell components, being somatic, verbal, or material. Combine that with a Twitter account, you get specific spells that correlate to the stone's guardian. And there's likely there's these other shield glyphs that are going to come out. It's fucking intense. There's even a Discord server where people are starting to figure this out. There's like a wiki page too. I'll All tell you, this like, is way above Whoever me. made up this puzzle is at home rubbing their nipples with butter and just going, yes, 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 solve me, solve me, tease they're, me. They're bloody brilliant. That's crazy I can figure though. this out. That is deep. Yeah, like Twitter ciphers starting to figure this shit out. Like, I am not a puzzle guy. I get frustrated at Resident Evil puzzles at times. And this would I'd be like, yep, nope. Uh, that sounds absolutely crazy to me. I would never solve that. Yeah, no, not in a thousand not, not for Not for not having the ability, but not for not having the focus and energy and, and wherewithal to actually do it. I don't have the logic centers for it. I mean, I consider myself a pretty smart guy. But when you start getting ciphers and puzzles, that's just not how my brain works. I don't know. I think that's one of the coolest things I've ever heard of. I can't wait to see what's going to happen with the stream or with the stream of many. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, when that happens in June, I'm sure we'll have some coverage of it. And also be on the lookout for my review. One of my first RPG review game books... On the show, the last time I looked at was the Tomb of Annihilation, which came out back in the fall before I got sick. We'll be looking at Mordenkainen's Tomb of Foes, which takes place in the realm of Greyhawk, but also spreads across all the realms of Dungeons and Dragons. So we'll talk about Asmodeus, the leader of the Nine Hells, and all the demons and monsters that live there. So things I'm certain I'll throw at you at the Cambridge Chronicles to kill you. Oh, God. Okay. Now, to talk about something a little less complex, but equally as cool, we're going to be talking about Free Comic Book Day. Now, this is an event that's been happening since, I want to say, 2001 or 2002. Some, somewhere in the something early like 2000s. that, yeah, definitely. It was we're, back when I was in high school. Back when comic book companies used to give out, well, free comic books to kind of get you to come into the stores, give the stores a little bit of a rub. You get some exclusive merchandise. Hell, I've even seen free toys given out on hey, these days. That was at the very beginning. They yeah. used to give out... Uh, I had a little Hulk. It was like a little, maybe like a one dollar thing you'd get from one of those vending machines that have little balls in them. One of the most expensive one I ever saw was a Firefly figure, and I think the figure is worth fifteen, twenty bucks. But obviously, the stores have to pay for these items to get you to come in. But whatever. Yeah, it's got to be very big stores. Like this year, you want to give the background of how we came about this, and, and yeah. And so this year, normally, when I lived in Orangeville, I would go to my local comic book shop, which was the Gauntlet. The gauntlet is now an hour and change away, so going there is not realistic. However, Alex lives in Kitchener, which is about 20 minutes away. So I sent Blair and Alex on a quest to get free comic books on this day, since I couldn't get out with my chair to get ready to go. Yeah. But there was a death windstorm. Oh, God, it was the, the, the windstorm of, of, of the Armageddon, apocalypse, craziness. But there was usually there's two 
uh, three, four. There's about four comic shops that we can get to in my area, like fairly close to each other. And the power was out of the power, like the, the street lights were out almost everywhere around it. A lot of businesses downtown were closed. Uh, there was no way to even find parking if you could or do anything. And we went, fuck it. I guess we're going to come into Guelph and try to go. Because most comic shops let you take one, between one and three free comics. Usually one or two. I mean, if if you buy something, they'll let you take a, yeah, a like few Yeah, like three more. or four more. Uh, so we decided we're going to go, okay, we're not even going to deal with this crazy traffic mess. Like, we're talking the police had to be out to direct traffic. But there weren't enough police officers in the city to, to cover all the lights that were that were out. So uh, we come out here and we go to the gauntlet and they have a thing saying you can take five each. The dragon, the dragon. Oh, sorry, dragon. Yeah. Sorry, you and your gauntlet. You got that on my mind. That's so right. we went to the dragon and we picked up, I got to pick up five, Blair picked up five. And then we're like, well, let's check out any other comic shop in town. And we ended up with a total of 20 comics between us. Pretty much everything that wasn't a DC or Marvel comic. Yeah, we got basically what we wanted to. I mean... I'm going to talk at length. I read three of the books, Yeah, well, I did pick up a few do, more. Do you want to say which ones we got first? Uh, the ones that I got, um, let me pull out my bag here, because we got them all out here. Just give me a second. The professional of radio, folks, I assure you. Yeah. Uh, we got Bob's Burgers, and that's from Dynamite Comics. I got Transformers Unicron from IDW. I got uh, Dragon Ball Super, and that's from Viz Media. I got The Tick, and that's from NEC. I got Power Rangers Shattered Grid from Boom. I got uh, Ultra Street Fighter 2 from Udon. Doctor Who from Titan Comics. And Howard Lovecraft Big Book of Summer Fun. And I want to say the retailer for that one is arcana okay cool so that's what i got and on my end now i purposely went in not wanting to get marvel or dc because in the past they've all been weak issues basically here's like three or four pages and that's it and then we're gonna have 20 million ads in here so it's basically complete garbage yeah uh and i knew that a lot of that stuff will be released online for free or people will be talking about that anyway yeah so i picked up the tick i picked up the the Meta Baron from Humanoids. It's a weird... No, yeah, it's just an independent comic. Uh, 2000 AD, which is known for the Judge Dredd comic and a bunch of others. I think Tank Girl as well. But the, Yeah, and they're usually mature. Well, this year they did uh, 2000 AD Regend or Regened. Not sure exactly how they want the pronunciation. It's an all-ages version of Judge Dredd, which I'm confused by which, and intrigued. Uh... Uh, Kodansha Comics's uh, Ghost in the Shell. I got Starburns Presents, which is Starburns is the the from guy from Community. Yeah, because he's actually a producer and writer. Uh, I got World's Greatest Cartoonists. That's a collection from all over the world of of independence from Fantagraphics, which is known for doing a lot of the the indie sort of stuff, uh, as well as uh, another 2000 AD. But that was a, a previous year's yeah. uh, free comic. They just had extras. I picked up Shadow Man from Valiant, uh, Valiant Entertainment. The Invasion, which is a, a precursor to what's happening this summer with Chapter House. That's the Canadian company owned by Jay Baruchel. That the guy that does Captain Canuck. Right? Captain Canuck. And another title from Image called Barrier, which is very interesting. Oh, I'll be I also talking picked about. up Overwatch, which I think was from Dark Horse. 
and Nightmare Before Christmas, which I think was also Dark Horse. But I didn't read those. I gave those to Tristan. Yeah, which is cool. And the other thing is they gave each of us uh, a DC showcase thing that has three little short stories in there. I think everybody got that. Yeah. Which I was surprised because it's fairly mature, and they I think they were giving it to little kids too. Uh, unless they had different bags to hand out to the kids that had a different one in it. Yeah. But that's pretty much that's the only reason I have a DC one is because they gave it they just handed it to you. Um, so me and Alex picked a few books to read specifically for this. So I read big surprise Power Rangers Shattered Grid. I read Doctor Who and Ultra Street Fighter 2. Uh, Shattered Grid is the one I was looking forward to the most and the one I was worried I wouldn't be able to find. Because Shattered Grid by Boom Comics has sold out every printing of every issue. They were actually doing second prints of issue 25 and 26 right now. And you say that. When I was there at both comic shops, they had them stacked twice as high as anything else. And I thought that meant it was that they weren't going. Everybody was picking up a Power Rangers. It's amazing so how much the they, Shattered Grid has... They ordered mm. easily a two-to-one ratio. They had the same amount of Shattered Grid as they had of all the DC and Marvel stuff. And for a small publisher like Boom, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Like, Boom holds Adventure Time. They hold RoboCop. They hold Regular Show. And WWE Comics. So they've got a bunch of really weird properties. But Power Rangers is their most successful. Which, considering Hasbro just acquired Saban, I wonder how far the Boom licensing deal goes. Because Hasbro goes through... IDW. Yeah, you're right. They do Ponies and they do Transformers. Yeah. Um, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. But so Shattered Grid, it ties into the event. Um, it gives you a background with basically who Lord Draken is. Lord Draken, for lack of a better word, is an evil Tommy Oliver who basically stuck by Rita's side at the end of Green with Evil, ran away for a while and decided, I will serve Lord Empress Rita to help, quote unquote, save the world. And the issue ends with him stabbing Rita with the dragon dagger between her breasts and kills her. And he's like, I will finish what you started. All children got to grow up sometime. And so Lord Draken has shattered reality and he's going to different Power Ranger teams to steal their powers. The issue opens where he's conquered the Samurai Rangers. So now he has, uh, in his world, uh, he's killed all the Power Rangers except for Billy. So he's the only... He doesn't have blue Sentry Rangers. He's got red, yellow, black, and pink. Pink are snipers. Black are like riot cops. That's um, interesting. Yellow are like martial arts with dual pistols. It's ridiculous. And Zordon visits the Morphing Masters, who are evidently... Who control the Morphing Grid. And he's like, reality is in shit. We need help now. And he's like, well, Zordon of Eltar... We can't help you. You're on your own. And the power, the morphing masters look like the Dino Charge Rangers, the Zeo Rangers, uh, the Turbo Rangers. They look like every different ranger you've ever wanted to see. And it's cool how they're trying to explain what the morphing grid is. And I'm really glad it explains the history of the Power Rangers comics up till this point. So it's a good jumping on point. If you want to get in the Shattered Grid, which is what I did, I started with issue 25, which came out in March. I jumped right in full full feet. I luckily uh, had a gift card left over, and I went on iTunes and purchased all the Power Rangers trades that I could. I'm now caught up. And holy shit is the Boom Comics run an amazing read. 
You can buy comics on iTunes? Yeah. Yeah, you can do it through Comixology, or you can do it through oh, the Oh, okay, and then it syncs to your... to your. That's actually kind of neat. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, it's really, 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 really neat. I mean, I had, like... I must have... Sp I spent at least 50 bucks. And just getting everything? Yeah, just catching up, because the trades are so cheap. And it's such an engrossing storyline. And the fact that uh, in issue 26... Uh, no, in the annual, which just came out for Power Rangers, came out the end of April... Um, evil Tommy Oliver so Lord Draken ties Tommy as the Red Zeo Ranger ties him to a chair and slits his throat with Saba Oof. he's like this is my favorite part and just kills him I'm like holy shit this is not for kids yeah, yeah. oh it's clearly not for kids now for my first comic here that I picked out I picked up Shadow Man, but it's more than just Shadow Man. That's the the one from Valiant Entertainment. And that's one from 2015, right? No, nope, this one's current. Okay, this is this current. This one. current. The, the older one that I had was the 2080 one. Okay. Uh, now, I'm not going to go into the story in this. It's just basically showing a bit of an origin of Shadow Man. And I think it might be a re... Yeah, it looks like it's a reboot. I think they're rebooting some of their characters. And this is to get people back into the character? Yeah, because they... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They launched. What was it? 2012 or something like that. 2011, I think, when they came back. And I had collected pretty much every annual that they had been putting out where it was dirt cheap on Amazon. Like, we're talking the one where they have tw usually about 14 issues in a hardcover. Yeah. Like a deluxe edition. Where you'd spend, for Marvel or DC, easily 70 80 bucks. Yeah. On Amazon, they were like $30 to pre-order these, down from 50 something. So I have a whole bunch of them, and I've been slowly reading them over time because I was just like, I was buying every single one that came out when they came back because they were winning all the awards at the... Uh, like the Eisner Awards and everything that those years the first couple of years they're back now it looks like they're rebooting everything because they've got that deal with Sony in Colombia to make for, three or four pictures yeah to make uh, Bloodshot I think the Bloodshot shot. Harbinger I think Exo Manowar and I think one other one I think Shadow Man's the one that they're working on so it looks like Shadow Man's being rebooted now oh that's cool uh, so it includes that it includes an Exo Manowar uh Looks like it was rebooted in 2017. So I think they did like three-year cycles and then they restarted again with new stories. Yeah, they refresh it. Uh, and then it includes like a, a, a look at the universe of the different comics coming out. It's something cool to check out if you did get a chance or I, there might be a PDF of this online as far probably, as... Like I said, probably, like I said, they'll Because I know Valiant available. and some of these independent guys, they put out PDFs of their free comics for people that couldn't make it out to the comic day. And it's definitely worth checking out simply because... This is a, a world and universe. This is going to be the next cinematic universe, I say in quotes, that is out there. Cause, yeah, we'll see what happens. Because with it. Sony has 
has Spider-Man, but they really aren't. They're put, they don't want to put all their eggs in one basket and hope well, that it works. Well, they've openly said Venom is not part of the MCU, which is stupid. Yeah, so this is a universe that they can work with. It's probably significantly cheaper for them to make. And they're they're banking on that Vin Diesel version of, of Bloodshot to, to take off. Uh, the next comic we're going to talk about, this one comes to us from Titan Comics. This is another licensed property. You'll notice a theme with me. I prefer the licensed stuff. And this is Doctor Who, so it covers... The 10th Doctor, the 11th Doctor, and the 7th Doctor. So, uh, Sylvester uh, McCoy. You get three stories in here. And the artwork for the 10th Doctor, it's really weird. I don't even know. It's very cartoony. Now, nobody ever talks about the 8th Doctor. Isn't the 8th Doctor the 90s Doctor? Yeah, that's Paul McGann. The, yeah. one, the one from the... Uh, the TV uh, movie. The Eric Roberts movie. Yeah, the... <laughs> And although he was in a short which transformed him into the War Doctor with John Hurt, yeah. um, which is something no one, no one talks about because you know what? Paul, although Paul McGann did get an audio drama, I think. Um, but yeah, it also leads into you see a Peter Capaldi cameo, okay, uh, which is kind of neat. It's actually a really cool story where this girl's telling about her adventures with the Doctor, how she fell in love with someone. And she's falling through time. The Doctor's like, I can't save you, I'm sorry, which is a 10th Doctor, David Tennant, shtick. And then P Capaldi <laughs> rescues because he her. because can't save anybody. <laughs> and he's like, Doctor, I told you if you ever fell, I'd catch you. And she falls into the TARDIS after falling through time. Um, the other one is the Doctor breaks up this huge war species. They're like, how did we get our asses kicked? Our fleet is destroyed. We've been decimated. And the doctor's like, yeah, well, if you come outside, maybe they'll let you live. So you can come with me or you can not. And then the other story is literally the 11th doctor looking for a snack. And he that goes works. to an intergalactic diner and he settles all these huge debates. And he's like, look, why don't you sit down and have a milkshake, share your war stories, and we'll have some tuna or some fish fingers and, and custard. And then it ends with him and I guess, I'm not sure which companion this is. I guess it's just a random one of them eating a tuna sandwich. I guess, I, I, I don't know. I, I followed Matt Smith's run, but I don't recognize the character, so maybe she's from the comics. Um, then at the back of the comic, there's a reader's guide, which tells you all the comics. It literally says this. With so many amazing Doctor Who collections on shelves, it can be difficult to know where to start. That's where this handy guide comes in. Don't be overwhelmed. Every collection is designed to be welcoming. Each comic book series is entirely self-contained and focused on one Doctor. So you can follow one, two, or all of your favorite Doctors as you wish. The series are arranged in TV-like in TV years, collected in roughly three collections per year. So you can jump into whatever volume you want. They have the 12th Doctor, which is Capaldi, 11th, which is Matt Smith, 10th, which is David Tennant. They also have the 9th Doctor, which is Christopher Eccleston. But you also get uh, Sean Pertree. Um, it's going to bug me. I can't remember his name now. Uh, which one is who? The 4th Doctor. I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, Davidson? No, that's 5th. No, because two of them were the brothers that play them. Yeah, uh, uh, the fourth Doctor is like the most important one. Yeah, I know too. I, uh, Tom Baker. Yeah, Tom Baker, and then there's uh, Paul McGann gets a collection, and then they're the, and they even have multi Doctor events if you want to jump into that. So it was fairly cool, and then the book ends. 
seeing the woman doctor, uh, Jody. I can't remember her last name. She was on Downtown Abbey or something. But yeah, Down, Downtown Abbey. Or was it no? What's da- no? Sorry, but Downtown Abbey. That sounds like a, like a street version of Downtown Abbey. <laughs> it's ghetto, yo. <laughs> but yeah, it. Uh, the book closes with the new doctor, which we'll see later on this year, I would presume. Yeah. All right. For my second book, I picked up the Chapter House Comics. Now, now Chapter House Comic is a Canadian publisher that originally started, I guess, a few years back to uh, reboot the Captain Canuck series from the 70s. Now, Captain Canuck, while is not the greatest name, it was basically an attempt to make a Canadian superhero in the 70s. It's been modernized for today, uh, and they started with that comic, but now they have, I think, five or six running comics. And the interesting thing was, a few years back, Jay Baruchel from... uh, from I guess freaks no no from undeclared fame and and all the other movies with Seth Rogen yeah uh, he purchased uh, a I think a controlling stake in the company and is sort of like the head writer he's the chief creative officer there now so he oversees all the comics which is kind of neat I mean make some low budget comedy movies and a whole bunch of comics makes sense so the storyline that they're setting up in this is an invasion uh, from an alien race and then it's sort of all the superheroes of the world were already sort of fighting each other at at the UN because, you know, nobody, basically no, civil war. Basically, what it's showing is nobody's getting along with the states, <laughs> and in fact, they have Trudeau in here, and then they have they have Trump. Uh, Trump and Putin, and they all have their own superheroes. And you know, to quote uh, to quote uh, Trump in here, you Canadians think you're so damn special, but you're not. You're losers, Captain Canuck, loser. America doesn't need anyone's help. We also have a real superhero. Look at Battle Junior here. You see his guns? Tremendous guns. He can shoot. Rocks? No. Rockets. From his arm. Total winner. <laughs> so it's, it's just it's a real parody spoof in there. And basically the American superheroes go all gung-ho, try to fight the aliens and get blasted. And then it looks like the rest of the world's having to team up. And it, it sort of sets up that. It's, it's a tongue-in-cheek adventure. And then at the end of the comic, it shows off the other issue, the other comics they're currently uh, releasing. One is called the Pitiful Human Lizard, which looks like a 1970s cover. That's weird. I love how looks it's like that a, weird throwback. To like the a Space novel. Ghost, Coast to Coast, Hanna Barbera cartoon, uh, Phantoma, which is like a phantom woman superhero. I think I had a, a trade of that actually. Uh, Fallen Sons. I, I think a lot of these are Canadian comics at one point, and then they sort of been put under one house now and they're re- rebranded uh so we got fallen sons freelance freelance was i think the second one they did which was a superhero team comic uh agents of pact i have no idea what's in that Northguard. now i've heard of Northguard before which i'm assuming is another canadian superhero group captain canuck is the main one and then they have a few trades that they're putting out of i guess individual graphic novels yeah the crystal key queen street uh, Valentin and the Widow and Brooklyn Gladiator Volume 0. Oh, and something called Die Kitty Die. It looks like uh, like 1940s pop pinup girl comic book. That's kind of cool. I, I kind of like how it's got a weird Fallout vibe to it. So I think this is something to check out. This was considered a, a silver comic at the show meaning not every store is going to carry it, but I can pretty much guarantee every Canadian store had this in there. Yeah. So, because there would have been the CanCon aspect of it, having something Canadian in their store is good. Now, if you get a chance, this is something hopefully you found and picked up at Free Comic Book Day in the States, because 
it would be neat to have some more Canadian superheroes out there other than just Wolverine. Yeah, like, there is Wolverine, Deadpool, there was a big... Actually, there was a, an article this week, if you look up Jim Zub or Jim Zubkovich, he created a new Marvel character. I can't remember what her name is, and I'm, I, I feel terrible for mentioning this. But she is, I think the character's called, uh, the book is called The Originals or something, and she okay. got covered on CBC News recently. That'd be neat. If you look up Jim Zub Comics on CBC.com, you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, the last book that I want to talk about, this come this one comes just from Udon, and this is Ultra Street Fighter 2, and on the cover it shows Violent Ken versus Evil Ryu. So they're both in the grip of the Satsui no, no Hado which is basically psycho power and basically what Bison and Akuma tap into. And Ryu's trying to help Ken overcome his violent tendencies when he turns into evil Ken, basically, which is the, which is the character you saw in the Switch version of Super Street Fighter II Turbo. Oh, okay. So violent Ken was the exclusive character. Um, and it shows him, you see Sakura and Dan show up, you see them mention uh, Gokin's murder, stuff like that. But you also see what drives Ken, what makes him violent, what will make him go to the limits to kill somebody. He, he almost kills Rufus from Street Fighter Four oh, wow. at one point. And it's his family. His wife says, no, Ken, stop. And he's just about to punch Rufus's head into the pavement. And... He misses, and he comes out of the Satsui no, no Hado, and he's like, whoa, now I get it. Now I see how Ryu conquered his evil side, what brings balance. And he's like, mine is my family. Ryu, it's the drive to become the perfect warrior. And I just thought this book was so awesome, because Udon Street Fighter comics, I've been reading them since 2010, and they are so good. The artwork is so cool. Uh, this one was Joe. Do, do you hear the music in your head when you do it? I do. I really do. I hear the Street Fighter Four theme, Street Fighter Five. There's so many little cameos. Do you see Sean from Street Fighter Three, Third Strike? Like you motorcycle. can tell, I'm passionate. Motorcycle. Like this is my jam. <laughs> I love these licensed comics because if you get the right license and the right writers, yeah, they're so fucking cool. Oh, oh yeah. Like it's it's interesting to me that you wouldn't think it would translate because it's an action fighting game. But because you've played so much, I imagine you're playing out the scenario in your head as yeah. if it's a video game. Yeah, like like something must happen between fighting in Russia or something like that. And the Street Fighter comics, like one of the things I used to read way back in the day, I don't think they were done by Udon, they might have been, but they were the Sakura mangas. And they are so entertaining. And even just the original Street Fighter stuff, there's actually at the end of the, no, of the free comic book day, there's a Street Fighter Origins, and I may actually pick this up digital. They talk about the rise and fall of Sagat, the king of Mutai. And Sagat's another one of my favorite characters. I suck playing as him. But I love the idea Sagat was Ryu's rival, and the scar in his chest was caused from a Shauruken that went violent. So, anyway, that's, I've rambled on that's, passionately no, that's, enough. That's actually pretty cool i think it's really neat to check out like i they're usually larger like this is a standard size issue that you had yeah. they're usually when i see them in the store they're small they're more mag no they're like a magazine yeah they're they're a little shorter but a little wider in, in the comics so they feel more like like a people magazine sort of thing and I, i'm guessing it's because they're probably like shonen type series over there where they yeah. come in magazines so 
it's neat how they publish them here. Uh, for my final comic, I've got something interesting from uh, Image Comics. I've got Barrier, uh, written by Brian K. Vaughn, who I've, I've heard of before, and I know yeah, I've heard I've, in good I know circles. Yeah, I went to start reading this because it was the thickest comic I got there. It's like a, easily 30 pages or more. And I go to open it and I go, that's different. This comic does not read... It's vertical. Yes. It's not It's, it's not reading like a manga, so you're not reading backwards. Yeah, you're not reading You actually have to turn it like you're looking at a wall calendar. Yeah. And you start flipping the pages up, and it gives you a completely different perspective on it. Now, the story is half in Spanish without it being translated. You're looking at it from two different perspectives. You're looking at it from an American uh, who thinks the cartels are coming onto her property over the border, and also from the, a family of people that are trying to basically flee the dangerous city they came from and make it into America. And it starts with a woman finding a severed horse head on oh, her front lawn. Jesus. And it's detailed. This is a mature comic, people, with the eyes removed. And as you flip through, it, it keeps jumping between uh, English and Spanish, and it's just very, very interesting art the way it was designed. I'm showing Michael as we go. Now... It leads up to a confrontation where the the character in it finds a a man who I guess was fleeing and trying to come over the border on her property. She pulls out a gun to kill him because she thinks that he's a cartel member. Yeah. When in reality, he's just somebody fleeing like for his life. And at the very last two pages, the surprise is before she's able to shoot him, before they they're able to communicate, they get abducted by aliens. That's a spin because the cover it doesn't really say much as far as it just says barrier but it shows them getting abducted and it looks like this is going to be some sort of weird crazy sci-fi story it's kind of like cowboys versus aliens but in modern day cartels. yeah in modern day that's cool very interesting i'm going to leave this actually with michael to look, take a look at i think if they decide to go with this as a style of, of comic it's neat and unique that you have to read it in a different way yeah I think that's rather cool. I think overall, I think this was a very successful free comic book day. This is very the much best so. one that I remember. This is the only one I've been excited for in years. Yes, and, and I mean, there were a couple things that were absent. There was no uh, WWE comic there, which I was kind of hoping for. And from what I saw, the DC and Marvel, there wasn't anything that hooked me. It's all stuff that's either tied into the movies that are out right now, which we don't need to see, or they're like little samples of like basically eight pages of comic and the rest is all advertisements thanks motorcycle motorcycles the bane of all existence bane of podcasting that's for sure for me i was happy they did a tie-in to shattered grid yeah because i don't think they expected it to be as successful as it did but then again they put money into a live action short film which is like two minutes but it still looks yeah. cool and they did the voiceover trailer, so... I don't know. This, like I said, this was a very successful year. Udon Comics, I think, did a fantastic job. Titan Comics, you've got me enough interested that I may check you out on Comixology. I'm actually kind of tempted to renew my subscription to Comixology. I paid 14 bucks a month. I could read as much as, as I want, as long you as the what? books are... Like, Maybe we should reach out. Maybe we can get a press pass for some of these items. Maybe. We'll definitely reach out to uh, some of these publishers. 
So that's going to do it for this edition. We're going to throw things over to Weird News and see what sort of fucked up things happened in the world this week. What makes you qualified to be a reporter? I'm willing to violate anyone's privacy for my personal gain and then claim with a straight face that the public has a right to know. By the hand of Zeus, what manner of deviltry is this? I love fake alien poop day. Of course, it is Twig, the flagship of stupidity, and of course we love to cover the stupid, the weird, the just plain dumb, or the, well, strange, if you will. Just something a little different. Something a little bit now different. for something completely different. And normally, then, hiding in a bush that is concealed in plain sight, we're going to be talking about the weird that happened around the world this week. And today, I've got a story for you. An Arizona woman is accused of sending 65,000, thousand text messages after a first date with a man she met online. So an Arizona woman is being accused of sending all these messages to a man she met online and thought she'd met her soulmate. So Paradise Valley police arrested Jacqueline Aids 31 Tuesday on suspicion of stalking and harassing a man she met online, according to Maricopa County court documents. Uh, court documents say um, this woman of Phoenix had visited the man's home and office while flooding his phone with threatening text messages. She began stalking the man last summer, shortly after meeting him through a dating website, according to the documents. Um, she says to them in a jailhouse interview, I'd felt like I'd met my soulmate and I thought we would, I thought we would just do what everybody else did and we would get married and everything would be fine. She told re reporters. Now, she sent these 65,000 text messages, sometimes as many as 500 in a single day. When a reporter asked AIDS if she recognized the fact that sending thousands of text messages seemed threatening, uh, AIDS responded with, love is not perfect. I love him, she said. <laughs> God. Um, she began sending threatening text messages after the incident, including multiple death threats, because um, the man had found her car parked outside his home and the police had her escorted off the property oh what i would do with your blood i'd want to bathe in it was an example listed <laughs> in a court document wow here's a question is is the crazy versus hotness factor with her is there a picture of her yep and uh no 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 uh, the, the crazy not... factor is significantly higher than the hot factor she kind of reminds me of kathy bates in a weird way and it gets better. She goes on an anti-Semitic rant at one point. Oh, no. And describes herself as the new Hitler at one point. Oh, so she's completely crazy. Oh, she's right off her rocker. Now, um, this is insane. Um, I think at one point uh, she'd broken into the guy's house, too. If I remember right, I was listening to the Preston and Steve show this week, and they'd covered this. And I think at one point, yeah, he she'd broken into the guy's house and was bathing in his bathtub. So she's bathing in his blood. Yeah, like, oh my God. Now, I myself have been, I wouldn't say the recipient of a, a true stalker like this. I've had women that have sent me unwelcome messages and I've had a girl who kept calling me constantly and kept wanting to show me naked pictures of herself and at this point it was like okay a little, a little you know disturbing what? yeah it's like all right you know what that's cool and everything i thank you for being a fan but there's a line well and there are people that, that would say oh that's that's a problem i wish i had but no, no you, you, you really kind of don't. don't you may think it's cool to have somebody sending you pictures 
But if they're unwanted, yeah, it gets creepy real fast. Well, yeah, especially if you reject them. And that's the thing, too. Especially now, we live in such a world where stalking, it's starting to get taken seriously. Especially if you're a woman reporting it to the police. And online harassment is obviously a very big thing But right But here's now. the thing. As a guy, you'd have nowhere to go. There's nothing really for us. Yeah, because if we report it, oh, big deal. You got a woman after you. Be thankful. It's it's funny how there is that kind of double standard. Um, and it's something to be taken seriously. I mean, obviously on both sides of the coin, be you a man or a woman with it. Because it doesn't take much for a situation to escalate. Very true. I mean, like, this woman... She could have faked something if she wanted to. She could have very easily done something. And the police could have ignored it, saying, oh, well, the guy said you were on his property, whatever. Think, and think about this, too. If the woman had gone to his property, the guy could have shot her. Because Arizona is one of those states where I think you can defend your property. It's not even a stand-your-ground lie. I believe you're allowed to just open carry there. Yeah, like, if, like, oh, hi, you're on my property. Oh, hi, you look remotely threatening. You're wearing orange. Time to die. So, yeah, that's not cool. So hopefully this woman gets the help she needs in prison. It, I think she probably needs to be more in a mental health facility than an actual prison. Well, that's another thing, too. And now I'm looking at this from a different angle. Now, the phone company, why didn't this guy just change his number? 500 text messages? That's but, like robocall but, but that phone might also be used for his business. Yeah, that's true. Because there has like, been a lot of information about he, him. He could easily be a contractor that needs it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Or a lawyer or a doctor. Somebody where, where you that phone is issued to him and you can't change it because you lose all of your business contacts. Yeah, it could be just a case of, I need this, this is me. Or it could literally be he was building a case, like he reported it, and then every day he was getting like 400 messages a day. It can take three or four weeks or more till To build enough yeah. evidence. Yeah, and right the there, there's five or 6,000 she could have sent in like a three-week period. I mean, and now to take a look at this from a more humorous angle, a technological angle, if you will, receiving 500 text messages... I wonder how quickly that would kill your battery. Actually, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he blocked the phone and the and the messages were pulled from the buffer on on the like on the server side. Yes, they would have said, "Hey, this phone sent to this number this many texts," and he might have only received the first hundred. Yeah. Before completely like blocking her. Yeah, like that's insane, and I kind of wonder how is this woman like? I guess there is truly an unlimited texting program. So with you with Verizon or AT and T, I was almost thinking sixty five thousand texts from one person. Isn't that like enough to actually fill it where you can't receive any more from that person until you delete them? 
I don't know. I, I, I'd be very curious. I mean, I would love to see his phone just to see what half these things say. Oh, God, it's so crazy. So, yeah, that's my nutty story for the week. Like I said, I hope this woman gets the help that she needs, but uh, I'm You're glad just... this guy's safe. <laughs> You've got a nutty story. I've got a, a nut story as well. A All right, bit. what do you got? Well, mine's a different type of nut. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> There's a new law in Kansas. Cops can't have sex during traffic stops. I thought that was normal. You just can't do that. Yes, but hi. Do you know how fast you're from, going? And by the way, blow. Exactly. Wichita, Kansas. A new Kansas law makes it a crime for police to have sex with people they pull over for traffic violations or detain in criminal investigations. I thought that was just par for the course, but... The, yeah, I mean, it, it's happened so many times that it has to be on the books. As a specific law. Like, some judge had to get together with other lawmakers in the state or city or whatever and say hey guys we've got a problem there's too many cops fucking people yeah. during traffic stops the new law bans sexual relations and in quotes during the course of traffic stop uh, a custodial investigation or sorry a custodial interrogation an investigation or while law enforcement officer has a su has such person detained uh in Kansas was one of 33 states where consensual sex between police and people in their custody was not a crime. So there's 33 states where it's not a crime to do that if it's consensual. That's fucked up. And as a cop, as an officer of the law, a representative, um, do your job, put your dick away. Well, it says this became as a surprise to people on the House Judiciary Committee who thought that it was already illegal, but it had never been illegal. It was actually on the books as being legal in, in the book, saying you could do that. As long as it was consensual. Yes. Which is so fucking weird. I mean, and we always have heard the old anecdote or the old joke about the person who gets pulled over and say, hey, I'll do, I'll do this if you let me get away with it. Well, apparently it says this spun out of a case uh, of Lamont Murray, a Kansas City uh, man, released uh, last year after spending 23 years in prison for a double murder he didn't commit. The investigation in that case led to multiple affidavits alleging that the detective uh, who made the arrest had a long history of coercing sex from women in uh, the black community by threatening to arrest them or their relatives if they didn't comply. And this was a case where Jeez. he was arrested for a crime he didn't commit because somebody didn't want to have sex with that officer. Jesus. So basically he planted evidence on somebody else because, he, because that person's relative didn't want to have sex with him notice how you never hear about this happening and say, ooh, I don't know, Moose Jaw or Saskatoon or Winnipeg. You never hear this crap happening in Canada. Well, Only in the United States. That's because we don't talk about the prairies. They're not important. <laughs> they don't exist. Uh, that's basically for JT and maybe the one other person listening there. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, JT. Um, but yeah, that's, that's common sense. But that's scary, the fact that police corruption and the cops have taken things to such... A ludicrous level of I'm not going to say indignity because that's not the right word. Well it says that the the judge and, and the people on the committee were moved, also moved by a case in New York where a teenager claimed she had been raped by two police officers in the back of their van but Jeez. no charges were filed because the officers claimed the sex was consensual and therefore legal. Both officers claimed wow. that. Uh, Talk about taking advantage of your position yeah, of power and authority. Yeah, Kansas law previously said there shouldn't be, in quotes, uh, sexual relations between police and persons in jail, but it didn't say anything about if they had been stopped or... Basically, once they were convicted, you couldn't do it. Yeah. 
because that would be like having sex with a slave in quotes because they have lost their rights as a as a citizen while they're in jail but if you're just stopping them at a traffic light you could walk up and put your dong in their mouth apparently because they're technically still citizens yes can consent so it goes on more and more detail about why they came up with it and everything it's just absolutely crazy that that this was a like, thing. Like we're talking weird news. This is weird to me that this was not this is okay in now 32 states. Yeah, like common fucking sense, man. Can I make a, a guess though? Yeah. Can I guess that most of those states are clustered around the center of the country, center to bottom? It wouldn't surprise me. Basically, something tells me that this is this is okay in the Bible Belt. I'm just shaking my head at this because like this, this is something where if it was on the west coast east coast or even like Texas and that I get the feeling that we would have heard about it in the news already being a bigger issue <laughs> but it sounds like it was fine in New York or at least up to a certain point Jesus Christ I don't know what to say to this this is terrible and I hope this protects people from being extorted or harmed by the police yeah, well, you know, here, because you should be able to trust a cop. Absolutely, and, and and the too long didn't read portion of this is Kansas makes law that should have already existed. Ridiculous. So that's pretty much what we got for you in the weird news this week, from bizarre text messaging stalkers to to boning police officers, to boning cops. That's what we got. So coming next up on the show, we have another trip to Satan's Pantry. What are we going to try this week? Well, you're just going to have to stay tuned to find out. We'll be back right here on Twig, the flagship, the fleet, the admiralty of stupidity. Welcome to hell. You wouldn't even serve it to a pig. It's inedible. Welcome back to Satan's Pantry as we crack open the evil side of your grocer's aisle, be it the international aisle, weird food you've just never seen before, or stuff we're pretty sure that has descended from Behuzabub himself. That aisle that just kind of shows up once in a while in the grocery store, but that isn't there the next time you show up. Exactly. It's when you committed an evil sin against man and decides to reappear. But today's show is actually going to be led not by... Oh my god! Nom 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 nom. Sorry, a worm just came out of the can. Eat it. Shit. Eat it. Alex, what are we trying today? We are trying something that I didn't pick it up, but I, this is something I've actually had as a kid. Uh, one side of the can just says, "I don't understand what that what that says." But the other side is grass jelly drink, so it's in this. It's it is a pop sort of can, sort of. It's the hardest can on the planet. Like I, I can't crush it as hard as I can. I can't crush it. Anyway. Uh, a corner store around, around my uh, puppet school used to carry these, and I would go there and pick up like this and Mr. Noodles or random Chinese snacks. Uh, I'm not sure if it's actually from China. Where is it from? It is from... What? Etobicoke. No. What? <laughs> no, no. Number, like what? number 72, Lane 25, Section 3, Shanqiu Road, Chen Hsing Li Yuan Lin Chen... Chang Huashian. Doesn't he, I'm assuming that's a province in, in. Oh, product of Taiwan. It says in another spot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say, well, I'm not presuming fucking Iowa. Uh, yes. So it is. Grass jelly with banana added flavoring. Now, what we were laughing at earlier is it has little jelly chunks. Think like bubble tea. 
only I shook and what appeared to be uh, the parasitic fluke worm from the X-Files started coming out of it. Remember that episode? Yeah. With the poo monster? <laughs> Alright, here comes chunk. I keep getting chunks in mine. Shaking it. This sounds. Yeah. Oh, this sounds oh, delicious. God. All right, so I'm gonna let me see if I can reach in with my fingers and pull out the big one. <laughs> it looks like. Oh, there it is. That's alive. <laughs> Wiley, it's okay, buddy. Oh, oh. he didn't wipe that. Okay. Oh my god. That went right to the back of the throat. Oh, that's Ladies, I know said. what it's like now. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> anyway, bottoms up, folks. All right. Cheers. It smells weird. Yeah, it does smell weird. You can smell the banana, but mm -hmm. more, good. more than just <laughs> banana. The initial taste is terrible. This is the good shit here. But right then here. it's not bad when you get it in. This brings me back to being ten years old and going to the corner said. store. Oh boy. Because oh. we used to get these. It'd be like. Let's go get Chinese Mr. Noodles as a snack for 25 cents and then get this you drink know, for 50 cents. It'd be like less than a dollar for a snack and a drink. The uh, the taste is pretty good. The texture it's, it's, is God, no. Oh, I love this shit. It, it reminds me of puked up black olives. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like a group of scientists got together and said, how can we make banana flavored medicine worse? <laughs> yeah, it does have that fake yeah. banana. But I like that flavor, but... Oh, it's um, weird, man. Oh, I like it. It is shit. not a very good-looking oh, yeah. beverage. No, yeah. it looks gross. Yeah, the coloring oh, is God. is brownish Too green. Too many chunks. <laughs> and it is extremely chunky. I don't want to get chunked on. I purposely avoided getting a lot of the chunks in. They they sunk to the bottom and stuck to the cup. Oh, uh, no, Alex like chewing is them isn't that bad. Um, Alex, yeah, is, my Alex is milking it for all it's worth. <laughs> Do you want my cup it, too? It's weird. It's kind of like the. Do you peanut, want it all, man? It's kind of like the peanut drink we had a few weeks ago. Give them I Blair. enjoyed that. That Blair, drink it. This is all. Chunk. It's really good. It's Here's all like chunk. Banana. Give me some chunks. Oh, be oh, oh, I had way more chunks than that. All I got left is chunks as well. Uh, give Those me some really chunks. Drink. It surprisingly doesn't have a bad aftertaste, yeah, but it hits you hard. You know what? If banana medicine tasted like this, it'd be a lot easier to take. Yeah, give me some chunks. This is still oh. terrible. Banana yeah. medicine is through and through terrible. This is uh, this is a whole lot of terrible, uh, and then it dies down. But I see. I loved banana medicine. I liked getting earaches as a kid. You're fucked. <laughs> Straight up <laughs> fucked. We know that though. Yeah, this is Alex. <laughs> Need we say more? It sounds like you're pouring ice into another <laughs> cup when you pour the chunks in. But there ain't nothing frozen here. No. Ugh. Oh yeah, that's that's the good shit right there. So that's going to do it for this edition of Satan's Pantry. Tune in next week when we basically taste my nuts. You'll find out what I mean next week. Salty? And uh, your pants? Chocolate salty. Uh. Come here, you fat-mouthed little stupid bitch. Alex here, and I'm going to talk about Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on the Switch, the remastered version. Now, I did not, full disclosure, get to play the original version because I did not have a Wii U, as many people did not either. <laughs> Uh, now, I was equally awaiting this, and when I was able to review a copy of it, I dove right in. That being said, this is a hard game. And I had heard in the past about how hard the uh, the minecart levels were, but not just the minecart levels. These, these are hard levels. These are very challenging, but they're not punishing in that you feel like you've done something wrong and you're, you're being 
punished for being stupid in the game or anything. It's not that at all. This is a game where you have to keep playing and you learn the patterns and you move forward in some of the more difficult stages that are, are the uh, on-rails parts. Now, I did play it both in the original regular mode and in the new Funky Kong mode. Now, Funky adds the added ability that if you land on spikes or thorns on the ground or anything that would be a, a hazard, like a, a spiked helmet, for instance, you don't get hurt because you land on your surfboard. So it's supposed to be easier to use him. And he also gets a double jump with a sort of floating mechanic, a la, uh, I guess, like a mixture between Princess Peach and Luigi and Mario 2, if you want to think about how you float around. Now, you do float fairly slowly with him. So you'll feel like, oh, I want to move farther to the left, farther to the right. But no, it does compensate for that. It doesn't let you just move across the entire screen while floating. Uh, you can still die by falling down into holes. And you, you can uh, still die, obviously, by getting hit. But you do get uh, more hearts that way. You end up with five hits before you die. And that's before buying any additional items. You can buy uh, and hold up the five items in your inventory and take them in with you at a time. So you could have... 15, 20 hits before you die if you really wanted to spend your coins and and uh, go into a boss battle, let's say. Now, even with that, I still found some of the boss battles to be challenging on that easy Funky Kong mode. I'm saying easy in quotes because easy is not easy. It's definitely clear that this was included because, to be honest, I don't think children could possibly play the game and beat it on normal. And that's not just me going, oh, you know, back in the day, you know, we could beat it. I don't know if I could have beaten it as, as a kid on normal mode. It, this would have been one of those games where I grabbed my Nintendo controller and frustratingly threw it across the room. Only they don't want you to do that now because it's attached to a $400 piece of hardware versus a $10 controller. That being said, the visuals are, are just fantastic. I can't really compare it to the original, but I have heard that it's just slight model tweaks to the characters and a little more fluid motion. I can say this, I did not experience any slowdown due to the graphics. It stayed at a consistent frame rate when in docked mode and when in portable mode. So that's perfect. The audio is perfect. I, I, I can't really say anything bad about it simply because it sounds like the 90s uh, Super Nintendo Donkey Kongs, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, re reused compositions and then expanded upon from there. The controls are tight. You, I always felt like I'm in control. I'm not a, really slippery or anything with the controls, except if you're in Funky uh, Kong mode. He does feel like he's a little slippery when you're in the uh, double jump phase and you're sort of floating around a little bit. So it's something you got to get used to. Uh, I would also say definitely use the Pro Controller if you have it, because I found using D-pad better than using the analog stick or the uh, analog buttons on the Joy-Cons themselves. It is nice having an actual D-pad to control everything. Now, the levels are, are, there's plenty of them. There's a lot more to this game than, let's say, a recent release like Kirby. There's a lot more levels in here, a lot more replayability, but I never felt like I'm having to collect too many you know, different things. It's not a collect-a-thon like the N64 game was. Uh, that being said... I have nothing really more else I can say about it except it is definitely fun and it's definitely worth, you know, the price of investment into it because I can see myself playing this over and over and over and over again. Uh, check it out right now. And that was our show for this week. Once again, Alex, thank you for reviewing Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on the Nintendo Switch. You can check that out on the eShop or you can buy it physical if you so desire. Though it's the, pretty much the same game from the Wii U from a couple years ago.
But anyway, I digress. So, hopefully you've enjoyed the show this week as we visited Satan's Pantry, talked at length about comic books and the news that happened this past week. We also delved into the weird world of law in our weird news segment, when you really think about it. Absolutely. And um, what do we got coming up on the show this week? Well, we have yet another Twig DVD commentary where we once again visit the good old land of Terry Hulk Hogan. We take, a look, we take a look at uh, Shadow Warriors Assault on Devil's Island. Or as I call it, Shadow Warriors, I got hair in this one, brother. <laughs> With and Carl Weathers and Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed, the plastic Barbie doll. Uh, I'm pretty sure, I think there'll be another Mayhem Mikes this week, I think. I don't know, maybe. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. We don't have a prototype this week, though we will have one the following week as we're going to start making our E3 predictions. Absolutely. Start getting out our bingo scorecards because evidently Walmart may have spoiled a bunch yeah, of releases. Yeah, I saw that. And we've Look got at it this way. Splinter Cell. Hype. 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 So excited for that. As well, the question will be, are they going to do... Are they going to have Michael Ironside come back? Oh, hell no. They'll bring back the other guy. Because uh, they want to go with the new continuity. It's not uh, that he's terrible, Sam Fisher, but give me Ironside if you can. And on my end, I think we're putting together another Turtle Treasure for... Yeah, we have a lot of reviews We've got a lot of reviews coming, coming out. And they're timely. We don't want to sit on them. We want to make sure they come out. Yeah, so you'll get a lot of new uh, reviews this past week. We'll have... Stuff like Killer Clowns from Outer Space from Arrow Video. Um, a, a good mixture of video and video games. Maybe a product or two in there. We're not sure yet exactly yeah. what gets thrown in. Exactly. And, of course, you can expect the usual stupidity from us over at the Cambridge Chronicles as uh, the story begins to wrap up now. So, will these guys be able to sell, save the realm of Faerun? Well, you'll have to go over to TerribleWarriors.com and go to the Cambridge Chronicles tab and find out what's been going on. And then... I think a week or two after that, we have a roadmap show, which I guess we, yep. we I guess we can talk a little bit about that. Not much. Yeah, ba basically we're we're looking at about a year in or, or so of of playing D and D, and it's time to shake some things up for a second season. And at, that being said, that would be something that comes in the fall, just as yeah. new TV shows come in the fall. Our new season would come in the fall. Over the summer break, if you want to say it in quotes. We're going to have a bunch of... TV one, movies. TV movies. One-off one off shows, miniseries. Basically, we're going to run a bunch of other games and decide maybe where we want to go for the next season. Exactly. I mean, one of the, the game we currently rolled up last night, we can give you guys a little bit of a spoiler for this, is where we started looking at Marvel uh, superheroes, the one from TSR from back in the 80s. And I introduced Alex to the Universal Table. We rolled up two separate heroes last night. Alex's characters like Cloak... From Cloak and Dagger. Sort of. Sort bit, of. Yeah. Um, and my character is a Storm, but with mind control powers. And I am ludicrously powerful. And all and, my roles were legit. And that being said, your character, you're not a player in this, but your character will it's, probably appear. Yeah, exactly. My character is just an NPC. It may be something where, you know, we're stuck in a pickle and your character comes to help. Exactly. Basically, the NPC finger of God saying, okay, you're in trouble. And that way, you don't have to go on the fly and make things up. You'll have a character statted right up. Exactly. So, the phase rip system, it's tremendously cool. We'll talk about it at length in the Cambridge Chronicles, but not here. So, until next time, for Twig, we have been... Alex. I've been Mike the Birdman Dodd saying we'll hopefully have Mr. Christopher back in next week's show. But until next time, live free or die hard. And by the way, have a happy Mother's Day. Give your mothers a big geeky hug Absolutely. from us. And, uh... Because if, if you won't, I will. Exactly. Believe me. Your mom.
Okay, son, now you're starting to scare the viewers. Just act normal. I'd ask you to do the same, but I'm afraid that ship has sailed. Why are there so many ostriches? But you have a game that is dipped in the ha! Ropey, thick, window cocking. <laughs> so guys, we'll be right back right here on This Week in Geek, only on thisweekingeek.net and many other sites where I syndicate this crap because I'm a media slut. <laughs> <laughs> I like turtles. Loose like your mom. That's right. No fisting, you say. Anything else you object to? Me likey tater tots. You've been listening to This Week in Geek. Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net for more geek content. And subscribe to our podcast through iTunes or any podcatcher. If you'd like to comment on this episode, head to this episode post on thisweekingeek.net and comment through Facebook Connect. Or you can call our voicemail live at 817-717-7202. Follow and message us on Twitter at thisweekingeek. And check out our Instagram at twig underscore official underscore podcast. And if you're the good old-fashioned email type, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. We'll see you next time. And remember, lower your shields and surrender your listenership. I need a new nickname. Maybe it should be like Slayer. Yeah, that sounds good.